in the name of Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. 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 God is good. Amen. 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 So thank you all for coming. It's good to have kids here. <laughs> Bring a little bit of life. <laughs> Amen. 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 And Marie carried the uh, baskets. I thought she had a baby. Right there, so I took a double look. <laughs> I knew it wasn't yours, but <laughs> if it was a baby. But uh, amen. So God is good. Amen. And uh, you know, we're gonna hopefully get to finishing up the uh you know, I am the good shepherd. But, you know, even uh Phil's message last week and thank you, Phil, for uh, bringing the word last week. Amen. And, uh, you know, um, and as we talked about last week, you know, the, the, we're on the end times. And the end times, is, as we talked about, is from Christ's first coming to his second coming, right? And, you know, we got people who will try to predict, and Phil talked about it, people who try to predict, um, you know, when Jesus is coming exactly, right? And the Bible tells us we can't predict that right um we know the signs of the times but these signs of the times have been there again since christ's first coming right and we talk about how things are going to get worse and worse and darker and darker but it doesn't mean that people are not going to come to the lord right people are going to come to the lord and you know personal opinion do i think christ coming tomorrow or next week probably not right because Ephesians kind of leads into that. Um, Ephesians four. Actually, let, let, let's turn there real quick before we uh, because there's some things that that need to take place just within the church. You know, we know that there's going to be the fullness of the Gentiles. You know, there'll be somebody that God has a split specific number to get saved, and but you know, we we uh. There's some things that have to take place within the church, within the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 11. All right. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So these things here, that these offices rather, not things, these offices, they're gifts. They're gifts to the body. Why? For the, what? For the, for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, to equip the saints. Right? The saints are the church right for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith till we all come into the unity of the faith and we can see that by churches now by, by we're not unified not necessarily unified in organization but unified in spirit unified in doctrine things like that all right till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, meaning mature unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So as, as children of God, right, as the body of Christ, as we get taught. By those in the fivefold ministry, we shouldn't be tossed to and fro, right? But we find ourselves that way. As soon as we hear something that's good, oh, that sounds good, boom, we start to believe it, right? And I thought about this, maybe I should just do a, a teaching just on different, um, 
sayings and things like that we say within as Christian believers that we'll get a bunch of likes on Facebook and things like that and amen, but they're not theologically sound. Right? But because it's man's opinions and it affects our feelings, and he, you know, don't, don't y'all realize that there's areas in the world that have not heard the gospel? As a matter of fact, there are people in this country who have not heard the gospel. Right? And I'm not just talking about the people who come from other countries, but I'm talking about people who were born here. They have not heard the gospel. Because their parents are not saved, grandparents are not saved, and they don't have a care. So they don't know, right? Which is why we have to be mature. We have to spread the gospel, right? We have to live as Christ lived, right? And because we have to be mature. And you think about it, you, would, you know, because I used to think because of all these different ministries on TV that people have heard the gospel in some sort of way, even if, you know, they doctrine. But a lot of people don't watch that, right? But a lot of stuff is foolishness, right? And, and, and thank God for people like Billy Graham because people have gotten saved from it. I know somebody personally, he shared a testimony with me on how um, he was in a hotel getting drunk and getting high, and he woke up to Billy Graham, and he gave his life to the Lord from that point on, and he was serving the Lord. But we don't have ministers like that no more on TV. Now it's about what we can get from God. Right? But we're not preaching the truth of the message. Alright? Uh, well, here we go. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. So we can start right there. But, you know, as churches, we should be ministering the same things. Because if we're ministering the word, we should be ministering the same doctrine. Right now, there's certain things that, again, could be negotiable, right? But there's a lot of things that are not negotiable because it's plain as day, black and white. Amen? So we can't be like children because children tend to believe everything. Right? Children tend, and when he says, um, be like children, he's talking about babies, infants. Right? And infants tend to put things in their mouth. Anything, right? And sometimes we think because we can, uh, because they say Jesus, <laughs> because they say God, because it's in the church, or because somebody says I'm a Christian, we're like, okay, I'm going to believe it. Right? No, we have to verify from the word of God. You know, no matter what I read, if it's something that I haven't heard, I research it. I research it and I study it out. And that's how I come to find out the truth. And that's how I say, you know, we have all these different sayings, and a lot of it, it's not even scripturally based. Maybe one day I might, I might teach on that. All right, let's go to John chapter 10. <laughs> all right, so this was our foundational scripture, John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Does not care about the sheep. So that word care means to show concern. So a hireling, right? Actually, you could be a Christian and not care for people. 
We shouldn't be that way, but we do have Christians that, that are that way, that don't care about people. In other words, that word care means to show concern and it means to matter. People show, when we see people going through, we should show concern for them. We should care for them, right? If someone loses a loved one, we should show concern for them. It should matter. Somebody's going through a difficult time, as Christians, as believers, we should show concern for them. It's not just the pastors, not just the shepherds, but it should be all believers. Why? Because what did Jesus do? He walked around. He showed compassion. Amen. He had compassion. That's what moved him. And a lot of times what happens today is we become apathetic. We're not showing compassion. We're like, oh, why? Because we see all these things on the news. We see all these things going on in the world, all these negative and bad things. But we should have compassion. It should almost break our hearts when we see things happen to children, right? Or when we see things happen to people, right? It, we, we should show concern and compassion for that. But a lot of times as Christians, we don't. We, we just go about our business, right? We go about our business as long as, like, if we're by ourselves, as long as we're not around other Christians, we're like, okay, whatever. But it should come out of us. It should come out of us that we should want to help people. And it's not that we're going to help everybody that we come across. No, but we can help in the form of praying for them. We can help in the form of just maybe just being there in their presence. Right? Because it's not all the time that we have to do things monetarily and things like that. But we could pray for them. We could let them know that we show concern for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own as the father knows me. Even so, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. He lay, Jesus saying, look, I lay down my life for the sheep. And there's a reason why he's saying this. And we're, we're going to get to this in a, in, in a little bit. All right. Uh, so in verse 14 and 15, he says, no, knows or known the same things. Because if we're ministering the word, we should be ministering the same doctrine. Right now, there's certain things that, again, could be negotiable, right? But there's a lot of things that are not negotiable because it's plain as day, black and white. Amen? So we can't be like children because children tend to believe everything. Right? Children tend, and when he says, um, be like children, he's talking about babies, infants. Right? And infants tend to put things in their mouth. Anything, right? And sometimes we think because we can, uh, because they say Jesus, <laughs> because they say God, because it's in the church, or because somebody says I'm a Christian, we're like, okay, I'm going to believe it, right? No, we have to verify from the word of God. You know, no matter what I read, if it's something I haven't heard, I research it. I research it and I study it out. And that's how I come to find out the truth. And that's how I say, you know, we have all these different sayings and a lot of it is not even scripturally based. Maybe one day I might I might teach on that. All right. Let's go to John chapter 10. <laughs> all right. So this was our foundational scripture. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. 
and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Does not care about the sheep. So that word care means to show concern. So a hireling, right? Actually, you could be a Christian and not care for people. We shouldn't be that way, but we do have Christians that, that are that way, that don't care about people. In other words, that word care means to show concern and it means to matter. People show when we see people going through, we should show concern for them. We should care for them. Right? If someone loses a loved one, we should show concern for them. It should matter. Somebody's going through a difficult time, as Christians, as believers, we should show concern for them. It's not just the pastors, not just the shepherds, but it should be all believers. Why? Because what did Jesus do? He walked around. He showed compassion. He had compassion. That's what moved him. And a lot of times what happens today is we become apathetic. We're not showing compassion. We're like, oh, why? Because we see all these things on the news. We see all these things going on in the world, all these negative and bad things. But we should have compassion. It should almost break our hearts when we see things happen to children. Right? Or when we see things happen to people. Right? We, we should show concern and compassion for that. But a lot of times as Christians, we don't. We, we just go about our business, right? We go about our business as long as, like, if we're by ourselves, as long as we're not around other Christians, we're like, okay, whatever. But it should come out of us. It should come out of us that we should want to help people. And it's not that we're going to help everybody that we come across. No, but we can help in the form of praying for them. We can help in the form of just maybe just being there in their presence. Right? Because it's not all the time that we have to do things monetarily and things like that. But we could pray for them. We could let them know that we show concern for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own as the Father knows me. Even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He lay, Jesus is saying, look, I lay down my life for the sheep. And there's a reason why he's saying this. And we're going to get to this in a, in, in a little bit. All right. Uh, so in verse 14 and 15, he says, no, knows or known four different times. All right. That shows intimacy. Again, that shows concern. That shows relationship. Right. Because we know Jesus has a relationship with the father. Right. So we should have a relationship with Christ. And if because we have a relationship with Christ and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside, we should have a relationship with other believers. Verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them, I, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So these other sheep, and I, I might have said it before, these other sheep are the Gentiles. Right? The Jews couldn't see that because the Jews were waiting for the Messiah to come. And they, they wanted everybody else destroyed. But, <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess in a sense destroyed. <laughs> I'll call it like it is. But, you know, the unfortunate part is we got Christians today that want people like that. Right? They, they say, well, because you're not the church, because you live this certain kind of way, but, and they're wishing death and harm and destruction on the people. That's not how Jesus came. Remember, he brought correction. And was it Luke chapter nine, I believe, right to James and John, right? Because they want, and, and we have Christians talking like, and I and I and I'm sitting up here and I'm wondering, I'm like, how can you call yourself a Christian and have a relationship with Christ, 
but you show no compassion. You rather destroy instead of loving and praying for them. Right? Because, you, you know, we, we like to, we, what we forget is, you know, the, um, the lost sheep. I think it's Luke, 5, Luke 15. Right? Jesus talks about the lost sheep. And what we do is oftentimes we identify ourselves with the 99. Not realizing we were all that one that wandered off. Right? And, and the thing about it is, you know, the, the religious leaders back, back in the day, they thought that you had to come seeking God. No, Jesus gave us because God was to seeking him, seeking the, the lost. Right? The Lord was seeking us to bring us back in the right relationship. And that's why he says we have to re repent. He says that in that chapter, we have to repent. But oftentimes we identify ourselves in the 99 and then if we're not careful, we can start to be like the Pharisees. But we were all that one that was one of them. Every single one of us. We were all like that. We were lost. Right? And we have to remember as many times as, guess what? Some of us rejected Christ, rejected the witness of others to us a bunch of times. Some of it may have only been one time. But some of us, it was a few times. I know what it means, a few times. I told you the times I, I wanted to punch some people. Right? I didn't know no better. Right? But once I repented, once there was a heart change, right? That 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 anger shouldn't be there no more to us other people. Right? But we have to have compassion towards people. And, and that is being a shepherd, but that, that is being a sheep, that is having the characteristics of Jesus Christ, which we should all have. Amen. Amen. All right, 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews. Notice he says again, because we read in John before that whenever Jesus spoke, there was division. All right, so therefore there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a, de can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You know, when I read this, you think about it. Here they are, talking about God in the flesh, talking about he has a demon. Because they don't know no better. Right? But... Whenever Christ spoke, there was division. And you would think that these were people that were out there in the world, but these were people who were saying that he has a demon in him, who's calling him, was the ones teaching in the synagogues. Right? They were teaching in the synagogues. They were the ones uh, having disciples follow them. Right? But, and it's the same thing today. Right? Because when you start to give, when people confess Christ, because sometimes we think because we believe in God, we're Christians in this country. Right? And we take it for granted. No, 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 no. You have to obey. You have to obey his commandments. Amen. That is showing how we love him. Right? Not only obeying, but loving. Right? And then we what? We're to love our neighbors. Right? And then we read about the parable before. Right? I think it was on Wednesday. One of the Wednesdays. Right? Who is my neighbor? Right? Our neighbors could be very well someone 
that is not saved. Someone that has done us wrong. But we have to what? Walk in forgiveness. And that's not always easy to do in our flesh, right? But this is why we have the Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to quicken us each and every day, right? But we have to surrender, we have to submit, and we can't get up because it, it, it truly bothers me when I see those who, quote unquote, confess to be Christians, and they just speak so much hate and venom out there. That, that just makes no sense to me. It's like, where do we get this from? And the thing about it is, we're teaching this. I mean, who cares if someone's a Democrat or a Republican? But yet, we speak hate. We speak destruction. We got people speaking destruction against the president, whether it was Biden or whether it was Trump. Those things shouldn't be. Why? Because they're souls. Amen. They're souls. Right? But these things are coming from the pulpit. From believers, from leaders, those who are supposed to be shepherds, right? But they're scattering. They're causing people to scatter. Let's turn to uh, let's turn to Ezekiel. Let's go to Old Testament. We're going to see why. Ezekiel 34, I'm sorry. Did I get the chapter? Okay. <laughs> Ezekiel 34. I thought something was missing. <laughs> Amen. Ezekiel 34. Alrighty. <clears throat> Alright, so... So when Jesus was speaking in John chapter 10, they understood what was written in Ezekiel 34. So we're going to see three parts in here. We're going to see the first part dealing with the shepherds. And remember I talked about before, the shepherds were not only the p political figures uh, in the Old Testament, but also those who were spiritual, the spiritual leaders there as well. And then we're going to see, well, we'll just deal with the first part first. All right. Ezekiel 34, beginning at verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. So prophesy. He prophesies so we know that he's going to speak what God is speaking to him. Right? And he says against. So that means he's going to be in opposition against the shepherds of Israel. Right? Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel. So we know... So, woe usually means, ah, alas, something like that. But usually when we say woe in the Bible, it's usually not good. It's usually not a good thing when we, we, we see woe. All right, so woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks. You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. So, in other words, you receive your pay and your wages you receive the good things from the people, but yet you are not feeding your flock. That word feeding there actually means to shepherd, to teach. Right? So they're getting all these things to them, right? Whether it's political, whether it's spiritual leaders, they're getting all these things coming to them, but yet they're not shepherding the flock. Shepherding the flock meaning leading them towards close to 
a closer relationship with Christ, with God. I'll just read this. First uh, Peter five two says, "Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly." So that word compulsion means not by force, right? Remember, I, I, I've said this before that it is a calling, right? Anything in the fivefold ministry, we don't just say, "Oh, I just want to do that." No, it's a calling. Why? So now you're not being forced to do something because if you're forced to do something. You're going to do it with bitterness. You're going to do it with anger. And it's not going to be your best. And it's going to be out of your flesh. And not by the spirit. Because you're not going to put time in because you don't really want to do it. This is why God's not going to make us do something that we don't want to do. So he can call us, but we have to be willing and obedient. So we see it here, just in these first three verses, that they're not showing compassion. And remember, remember what I said, we should have compassion towards people. So uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 34 says this, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion. Listen to what his compassion did. Toward them, I'm going to start over. Uh, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So because they were sheep without having a shepherd, and he was moved with compassion, he began to teach. So in other words, as a shepherd, as a leader, you should be able to teach. You should teach. If you're not teaching, then you're not a true shepherd. Because how would the people know? We see this all in the Old Testament. We see it with Nehemiah. We see it with Ezra. Right When we read those books, that they were doing what? They called the people to get, and they began to teach. Why? Because we're teaching them about the Lord. And as we teach, it should be is drawing people closer to the Lord. It's not about, hey, this is what you can get. <laughs> you can be a millionaire. It's not about that. It's about drawing closer to the Lord. So as I said, you cannot be a true shepherd without feeding, teaching the people. And Jeremiah 3.15 says this, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Feed you, again, in other words, teach you with knowledge and understanding. Alright, so verse 4. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with, the, but, with for, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So that word lost means you have not sought what was lost, the ones who have gone astray. Oh well, whatever. You have not sought them out. Right? That's having compassion. That's having the love of Christ. Right? But this is not what these shepherds showed here. Right? So God said enough was enough. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 20, verse 25 to 28 says this. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be 
become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So being a shepherd, being a Christian involves servanthood. All right. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom. That's true shepherd. And we're going to we're going to we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to see that. All right. Uh, verse five. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the field. When they were scattered, they became food for all the beasts. So we know generally when a shepherd scatters, uh, not shepherd, when a sheep scatters away, they become prey. They're in danger of becoming prey if that shepherd does not find them. All right. That's what happens when we start giving stuff or not being true shepherds or not reflecting compassion or the love of Christ to people because now praise starts to come and get these people, right? Pray in the form of other religions, right? Or they just fall away from God totally. They believe God at one point, serving Jesus on fire, and now they don't believe in God no more. I'm pretty sure we're familiar with somebody in our lives that have been like that. That ought not to be, right? Or some other religion comes and snatches them up. That ought not to be. Right? We can't control what other people do, but we can control what we're teaching. And that usually happens because they have not been taught properly. Verse 6. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. That word wandered there means to go astray. To commit sins of ignorance. To transgress. Right? So, remember I talked about, I've said this a couple of times, right? There's a difference between a sin, a sinner, and sin. Somebody commits sin. Right? Real quick. Keep your finger there. Let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 6. We'll go back to Ezekiel in a minute. All right, Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's love, excuse me, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So that word overtaken means not someone who's just bound in sin, but someone, basically the sin has come and struck them by surprise. Right? So it's not someone that's committing sin after sin after sin, because that's a sinner. Right? But he's describing someone here who's been taken into sin. We, we, we are not to condemn them. We are not to ignore them, but we are to help restore them. Right. And we help restore them by saying, hey, brother, sister, we talk to them, we teach them, we love them. Right. But we don't ignore it, but we don't condemn them. Understand what I'm saying? So we still love them in that aspect. Right. And as Christians, we should be in the ministry of restoration for people. And a lot of people. They need restoration. Right. They may have made a mistake. Sometimes they just may have been hurt, right? But they need restoration. But we tend to just sometimes 
Just, and usually, we can see people when they're struggling. I think Marie talked about it Wednesday. We can see people, Christians, when they're struggling. But sometimes, not sometimes, oftentimes, we ignore it. Say, oh, they'll be all right. Or it's not my place. The pastor will do it. And I've seen people like that in churches over the years. Sometimes I said something, sometimes I did. And then we wonder why they fall off a cliff. Because nobody took the time to check on them. Nobody took the time to show compassion. Right? It's just, all right, whatever. We can't be like that. All right? So to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? <laughs> to love our neighbors. Right? To, to love our neighbors, right? And not only that, what? To love God God with all our heart, all our soul, right? All, all our mind, right? Right? We, we, that, that's the law, law of Christ, right? But we don't always do those things. All right, uh, let's go back to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34. So, in short, these shepherds here in Ezekiel 34... They, they were unfaithful and unconcerned like the Pharisees were when Jesus was ministering in John chapter 10. Well, actually throughout his whole time on this, they, they just didn't care. Right? And we, we got to be careful that we don't fall into that. Alright, uh, verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food, for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. That's not a good thing to hear. I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may long, no longer be food for them. So the shepherds, were, again, were taking care of themselves, much like the Pharisees and them. See, the Pharisees and them and the scribes, they were taking care. Remember when I talked about the, uh, the lost sheep and, and Jesus was talking? He had to bring that up because the Pharisees were talking about him, condemning him because... He was talking to sinners and tax collectors, right? So in other words, the Pharisees and them were like, uh, you're not like us. So because you're not like us, no. So see, there's something wrong with him because he's talking to them people. But Jesus was trying to show them, no, you should be rejoicing that I'm talking to them. Why? Because even if one repents and gives their life to the Lord, that's a good thing. Heaven is rejoicing. Notice he doesn't talk about what heaven is doing about the 99. Right? But he's talking about the one that's repentant. Even, even the one after that where he talks about the 10 coins. And the woman finds the one. She's rejoicing. Right? But the Pharisees and scribes, they weren't about that. Why? Because they thought they were better. You know, and if we're not careful, we can have that mindset. So like I said, let us not reflect on the 99 that make us a, a part of that 99, but let us be the one. Not that we're going astray, 
but that we remember that we were once astray. Right? So now we want to bring a rope, bring a lifeline to somebody else that's astray. Alright, uh, 11. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. So now this is the Lord saying that what he's going to do because these shepherds were failing. Right? Now, in John chapter 10, they are aware of Ezekiel 34. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, they were saying, wait a minute. This is the shepherd that's talking about Ezekiel 34. So when there was a division there, this is what the remind was referring back to. Alright, so now, again, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples, I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in all the inhabited places of the country. He will feed them. In other words, I am going to teach them. What did Jesus do? He taught. He taught. And what did I tell you? Just between Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If we do those things, follow his teachings there, we're good. We're good with the Beatitudes. But that's everywhere Jesus went, he taught. Whether it was to the Gentiles or whether it was to the Jews, he taught. Verse 14, I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. Verse 16, I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Right? So, what Jesus was doing it was fulfilling what was in Ezekiel 34. In John chapter 10. That's what he was doing. Right? So, he was feeding the flock. Right? So, even when he told them, see, they couldn't see the Gentile believers because they didn't see the church. Right? But Jesus knew. Why? Because he was bringing them. Why? Because we are all God's children. We are all God's children. Amen. Right? So, we're to be picking up where Israel failed in the Old Testament. And we'll get to that uh, in a couple of weeks. So, he uses the following verbs to demonstrate what he would do. Search, seek, deliver, gather, feed, bind up, and strengthen. Right? That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. So in each of these verses, he demonstrates how he will search out his lost sheep, how he will deliver them from the wild beasts. All right, let's go to, uh, so now we saw what he said to the shepherds. Now we see what he says he's going to do. Now let's see what he says to the flock. Because when I say the, the, the first week when I started teaching on this, I said sometimes we like to hold the shepherds and the leaders accountable and to a certain standard where we don't hold ourselves. But God addresses the flock right here. Verse, uh, we'll read 17 to 22 and then we'll finish up. All right, uh, verse 17. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep. 
between rams and goats. So in other words, look, the behavior and the actions of the shepherd did not the shepherds did not exclude the flock and their actions. Just because a shepherd may do something or a leader in the church may do something does not exclude the flock. We still got to do right. So in other words, the flock has their own accountability to God. So he's, when he talks about the sheep and sheep and the rams and the goats, understand that. Did I read that part? Yeah, rams and the goats. <laughs> uh, understand the shepherds back then had rams and goats as well. So it's not like when he talks about in the New Testament about the goats, you know, being not Christian. Like that's not what he's talking about. But what he's talking about, he's going to judge between uh, the social classes of people, the different socioeconomic classes of people. So none of us are going to be we're going to be without excuse, every one of us, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, no matter how middle class we are. And really, back then in the early church, they didn't have a lot of middle class. It was mostly, it was, you were either, it was the haves or the have-nots. Right? The haves and the have-nots. And there was a lot, of, see, we could, we, we could plan, not compare, we could plan about the world today, but a lot of stuff that's going on today was going on back then. That's why the Gentiles were so ripe for Jesus to come. And that's why Jesus came when he did. Because not only were the Jews seeking the Savior, but the Gentiles were seeking the Savior as well. Because there was so much oppression going on by the Romans. Alright, verse 18. Is it too little for you to have eaten up the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the residue of, the, of your pasture and to have drunk of the clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet? And at, Verse 19. And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet, and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. So just as you had renegade shepherds, you had renegade sheep. In other words, what he's describing here is, is sheep who were the haves, right? And they were not concerned about the have-nots, right? So they got the choice stuff, the best stuff, and was not concerned like we see in the early part of Acts where they sold possessions and gave so no one was lacking. It was all about me and what I have. Right? So I'm going to take care of me. Or may not be. It could be. Hey. I'm a family member of the pastor. Or I'm cousins of the pastor. So I can do this. I can do that. I'm privileged. Oh, don't touch that. Don't. No. That is causing. That, that is a form of bullying. <laughs> right? That, that, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't take place amongst God's flock. All right, verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. So in other words, God is, like I said earlier, God is going to judge between each sheep. Some are going to be more held more accountable than others. Right? So... Some may be held more accountable based on their calling. Some may be held more accountable by their position. We already know that teachers of the gospel are going to be held more accountable. Right? So, we have to obey. If we love him, we're going to obey him and follow his commandments. Right? And, and part of that is showing compassion. It shouldn't be forced. Right? Because sometimes what we do is we get into the mechanics of ministry. Right. And we go into the mechanics of ministry and we're like, oh, because I do ministry, because I do outreach, I'm good. 
No, no, no. You can do those things and still not love people. We don't do ministry because to show our love to people, but our love is going to reflect out of our ministry. Our love is going to cause, in other words, our love is going to cause us to do ministry. See, these sheep ruin the pastors for, pastures for other people, other sheep. Why? Because they had more. And they were not concerned about people. And, and, and guess what? It's no different today. It's no different today. Right? And, and what does the Bible say? There's nothing new under the sun. See, we're thinking because people change, technology has upgraded, but the hearts of man is still there. Hearts of man is still evil. Hearts of man still has unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. And if we don't turn those things over to Christ, then we're no different. Right? But these are things that we're not being taught. Right? Even in the majority, I'm not going to say all the TV evangelists, but the majority of them is about what you can get. Right? And then they're telling you to give so they could build. And you think about it, they're fitting what's at the beginning of Ezekiel 34. They had the big fancy million dollar houses. They had the fancy cars. They had the fancy clothes. But yet you got sheep within the congregation just struggling. Right? But yet they got the, 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 uh, the housekeepers, private cooks, all these things. Yeah, jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, jets. Exactly. They have all these things. For what? Oh, God called me to fly here and there. No, he didn't. You know, we got ministers all over the place. <laughs> what makes you so special? <laughs> oh, but I got to have a church here in California. I got to have a church in Atlanta. And I got to have a church. I got to be able to fly all these places. Okay. All right. All right. Stop. All right. Verse 21. Because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be a prey and I will judge between sheep and sheep. So it is not only the leaders who are at fault, but within the flock, there are those who are concerned only with their own interests and not content. You know, we have to love Christ. So when he says, and I, I said this earlier. So when he was talking about him being a good shepherd, that's what he's referring to. Ezekiel 34. So that taking some of them back because now, again, he's claiming he's God. He's the Messiah. And those who didn't believe, and, and, and the, the, the sad part is, you had disciples that were following him walking away. We see that in John chapter 6. The end of John chapter 6. We read that before, right? That they were walking away from him. And the same thing goes on today, right? But we have to be strengthened. We, we, have, to, we have to walk in love. We have to walk in compassion. We, we have to have to love, right? And, and, and it's so easy to get caught up in the world. And we talked about and to say, Lord, get us out of here. But we have to be on prayer for those who are lost, right? And that, that matter of fact, and y'all have said this before. You got people in the church, attending church, service after service, that are lost. And they just go and do it because it's a good thing to do. Right? And, and you think about how because we have 
being so accommodated with the Christian message in this country for so many years. It's like I said, we become apathetic. It's like, okay, whatever. That's somebody else's job, right? But what has God called you to do? Right? I'm not saying you got to be an evangelist. I'm not saying you got to go out there and witness everybody on the street. No. But there's people on our jobs we can witness to. Right? There's people we come across. Right? And sometimes all it is is just showing compassion and love. That's it. <laughs> but we want to make things difficult a lot of times saying, well, I have to do this. I don't know how to do it. No. How about we just sometimes be quiet and just listen for the Holy Spirit? Lead us and guide us. Right? Because there's times where I'm faced with somebody, I may not know what to say. Right? But as I wait, as I wait, the Lord starts downloading. Downloading, and then all of a sudden it just starts coming. And boom. Next thing you know, I'm like, well, dad, where did that come from? And then I start remembering scriptures that wasn't there in the forefront. <laughs> but we have to love people. We have to love Christ. It's not, you know, yes, this was about uh, leadership and pastors, but it's for all of us as believers. We all have to exercise these giftings and callings that we have. We have to exercise the compassion, the love towards people, right? Because sometimes we, we can't figure out, well, you, and I've had people at work say, oh, like I said, they call me way at work. You should be upset with that person. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, right? I'm not, because in my unregenerated state, I probably would be, right? But because I had the love of Christ, I'm not. I can forgive. And there's been stuff that's been done to me that has been wrong. And I, I think I shared this a while back. I had people lying in the police report about me, right? And initially, I'm mad. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm mad initially, right? But I can't stay mad. <laughs> I can't stay mad, right? Because... If Christ is in me, I shouldn't be able to stay mad like that. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's uh, bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus.